you wouldn't mind kind of diving in, I mean, you, you have started a plethora of businesses, obviously. And honestly, I mean, we even talked probably 2016, 2017. Yeah. Dom and I have been following your, we've been following some stuff you did on Instagram for a while, for a long time. Yeah. Funny enough. I I remember seeing you probably 2016, 17, something like that around drop shipping. And I think there was some crypto stuff that I saw. Um, so we definitely have seen you uh, for a while. What's like, how did you, I mean, how did you kind of, what is your entrepreneurial journey? Like what was the first thing that you kind of started and then kicked off these, you know, multiple businesses that you've started since? So when I was 16, 17, I was working in restaurants, worked at a little Italian joint, worked at a nicer five-star, like south of the border Mexican food style place. And then simultaneously, I was learning how to produce engineer music, mostly engineering. And I built a home studio. And while I was working in the restaurants, I also was doing the the studio, like uh, recording people that were the next up and coming rappers from Orange County, <laughs> like some Malibu's most wanted <laughs> shit. And some of them were really good though. They actually were, but I learned that and I started making like a hundred bucks a day doing the music thing. And I got to a point where I, I quit the restaurant jobs and just focused in on that. And, uh, then from there, more of the affiliate marketing model popped up and this is like, man, I'm, I'm probably, 17, 18 years old. And I remember specifically being probably 16, 15 or 16 and going to the gym one time. And this dude popped out of a, he hopped out of a Nissan GTR. That's when those things like first came out. I think that was like 2014, 2015 when they first came out. And I remember asking him, I'm like, what do you do? And he said, affiliate marketing. And I had never heard of that before. And then that always kind of stuck with me. And then, you know, when I was doing the music thing, I saw more and more people start to make money with affiliate marketing. There's affiliate marketing, network marketing. There's like kind of, you know, weird in between stages of those two models combined. And, uh, funny enough, I, you know, kind of just got lucky and finding a more of like an affiliate offer. And I joined that. And then I ended up recruiting a bunch of people and made, I think like, I don't know, $150,000 my first year at, uh, I think 20 years old. So from like 16 to 18, I I was diving into the music stuff at 19. I started like dabbling in affiliate marketing and understanding what it was. There were some guys local in orange County and Newport beach that were making like a hundred grand a week and some like MLM pyramid stuff. And then at 20, I got involved like in network marketing, affiliate marketing and, and made like 150 grand my first year, 150, 200, something like that. And then that just kind of like snowballed in the direction of just being internet focused and making my money online. And then over time, being in the industry of affiliate marketing or network marketing, you're kind of just like babysitting a lot of people. So I got more and more disenfranchised with that industry, um, especially too, because like I, I built a big paycheck in one of the companies. And like people always say, uh, if they're in the MLM space, they're like, oh, we're building this, this income. It's like, dude, you're a sales guy for someone else's company. That's really what it comes down to. You don't really have ownership. And if they pull the plug, your income can be gone overnight. And I witnessed that firsthand. I was making like 30 grand a month in this one MLM. And then from there, it, it just, they went bankrupt essentially. And then joined another one and no made, way. you know, a few hundred thousand a year. And then, you know, that happened like once or twice. And then I, I, I uh, stumbled into crypto and started investing my money. This was technically, I started investing in crypto in 2014. 
when I was in high school, my buddy Justin uh, was like, hey, we need to buy these like computers and mine Bitcoin. I'm like, what the fuck is Bitcoin? You know, what is this? And, and we were mining Bitcoin when it was literally like $200. And so we mined multiple Bitcoins. And then like, you know, after, after I had seen success with network marketing and the affiliate, because there was like network marketing and then some affiliate marketing stuff I was doing that wasn't really like team-based, just like one tier of commission. And then um, got into crypto and really caught that crypto craze of like 2017, the ICOs and whatnot, started buying a lot of, you know, whether it was XRP, Ethereum, et cetera. And so, you know, did well with that. And then <clears throat> that's when I also started getting into software. So it was like from network marketing, making about a million dollars, network marketing slash affiliate marketing, investing in crypto, catching that. And then I wanted to not deal with other people cutting my check and me being control of my situation. So then I, I started down the route of building software. And the first ever software that we built was a tool called Rocket Grow. And that was a social media platform. It was like Instagram, where it would auto, like it would do auto likes and comments and follows and things like that. It was just a bot for Instagram. And then we built that, launched it. And I think like within, it was probably 90 to 120 days, we got to like $10,000 a day in sales. Jeez. Yeah, I had no idea. I that used was yours. That. I used that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, um, that was pretty crazy because I'm like, holy shit, like these sales are just rolling in. And then one day I checked my email and I got zucked. You know, the band hammer, oh, really? boom. Facebook, yeah. Perkins Law Firm, cease and desist. You know, you're hereby banned from meta products and, and uh, you have to cease or we're going to sue you. So we just shut the software off. And, and in hindsight, it's like, duh, we should have just kept the software anonymous. Like I, I should have not been on the sales page. <clears throat> I mean, first off, it's, it's a gray hat tool. Let's be real. Like you're logged into Facebook's API without their permission. Um, we knew that. And, but what was stupid is like, we were proud of the tool. So from an ego perspective, it's like, yeah, we want to put our face on this thing. But if we would have never put our face on it, then we would have never probably got that letter and the tool could probably still be running today. And, or, or at least it would have had a prolonged uh, life. And then what sucked about that was my Instagram account went down and I had like 75,000, 80,000 followers, like real followers. And, uh, it was like shark infested waters at that point with all these like scammer Nigerian people and stuff. And like, I, I had this guy send me an article. I was kind of beefing with this dude the other day because he, he, uh, I like, I don't even really want to get into it, but he was trying to talk smack on me because we're, we're, we have two similar offers and I'm, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but we're absolutely crushing it. And I could tell he's a little bit like scared that we're taking market share and he sent me an article from like 2018 or something like that, where there was this person who said, oh, I was scammed by Logan Shippey in this United Trading Club. It's like, what the fuck is United Trade? I have no idea what that is, but you guys probably see it when you have really good content. These like scammers in Nigeria, they literally take the content and they create fake accounts and they'll like sell Bitcoin mining schemes and trading schemes and stuff like that. So like that happened. I kind of went ghost on Instagram and Facebook for like, a year and a half, two years, just because, you know, it's like, what's the point of building an account if they're just going to kind of take it down? So anyway, it was like, I had money saved up from crypto. The software did well. And then in 2020, this was like two years later, that's, um, 
That's so in, in going back. So if you ever search my name, you know, on Google or whatever it is, and you see something like that, it's like that. Now, you know why, right? <laughs> From like, I've, I've never yeah. sold like Bitcoin mining schemes to people and shit like that. It's just like totally crazy. And, and I've had a lot of friends that unfortunately have had the same exact thing happen to them. Um, where, you know, Instagram, it, 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 they have a lot of tech, but at the same time, they just let these scam accounts run rampant that just steal money from people. In fact, one time had a, uh, literally a PI show up at my parents' house because this lady down in San Diego got scammed for like 50 Gs. And she just, it's oh, like, you didn't even, wow. this lady didn't even think about like trying to call and verify. She said like, oh, I, I met Logan one time like years back. And all of a sudden now she's like handing some scammer over Instagram 50 grand. So like if you're watching anyone tuning into this, never send money to anyone unless there's like a contract in place and you've FaceTimed or Zoomed someone like it just blows my mind how easily people will give away money to just like, quote unquote, uh, well, people they know when it could be like straight up imposters um, on the other side of a fake account. Anyway, so I had a couple year almost like a step back, right? Because you have financial summers and financial winters. And I was experiencing a little bit of fi uh, financial winter. And then in 2019, about two years later, my business partner, Tim, he said, have you ever heard of OnlyFans? And I'm like, what's that? And then he told me it's you know a platform to help content creators make money off their content. And he said, I think we could build a better version of it. So we did. And then we built true fans and we have some unique selling propositions like we don't allow porn. We don't allow, you know, that adult content. So it's a clean platform that's designed more so to be like a safe haven for these content creators. So we built that out in 2020. So it was like January of 2020 when we launched it. And that was obviously the, the pandemic time, right? So pandemic happened and it was actually a blessing in disguise because like more people were forced to shift into like, how do I make different types of income? So we capitalize on that pretty heavy. Um, to date, we've brought on hundreds of thousands of users on that platform. And I don't really like, you won't see my name too tied to it just because I'm focused elsewhere as far as like a face and a mascot goes, like me and my, my content energy. Um, but that's just running on autopilot, right? So that business created cash flow. It's just residual income at this point. Um, which is pretty sweet. And then from there, it was in 2022 when I launched the ERC business and that was a major success. And I, I feel like we should stop maybe right there because that, that, this is where it gets really juicy. Um, and you guys can ask me questions or whatever about like that whole process. <laughs> What's been the biggest reason that a lot of these softwares have taken off? And are you identifying something in the marketplace and then quickly putting something together to launch you know, rocket grow and stuff or like, yeah. Are you, how, how, how much happen? are you pushing yeah. these softwares out there to, uh, like, are you advertising them or like, how are you? I mainly used affiliates. Use on the platform? Like I've always used affiliates okay. because everybody that I meet is a distribution channel to some extent. You know, they have people in their network that would likely find value in the, the products and services that I create. So when we built Rocket Grow, we did that. We followed. It was funny. My buddy, Chris, that lives out here in Indiana, he had this specific launch sequence by, I forget who it was by, but we followed this launch sequence, like scripted everything out, had like a three-part video series, packed webinars, did that whole thing, all organic. <clears throat> and that just set it off on the right foot. 
And it was, again, within like 120 days, we, we started scaling and getting towards 10 grand a day. And obviously we were paying out affiliates too. Like when you have a good compensation model and you're paying one or two levels, like nothing incentivizes people like making money. So if you have a good product and then people can get paid to share that product, that's the winning formula. So it's like good product, pay people to share it and just, you know, find, find people that want to promote it. Um, so that's what I've done and everything. So with true fans, same thing. Like we have a referral program on that, that pays 5% lifetime commission. So let's say that you are a content creator on true fans and you refer your friend who's also a content creator, you're going to make 5% of what they gross. So that's pretty aggressive. You know, we have a lot of affiliates that are making a killing, uh, a lot of creators that refer other creators that make really great money. And what's crazy about the true fans platform is like we have, we specifically target a lot of like country girls. So girls that hunt girls that, you know, fish and they, they do like just kind of odd, cool things. Like they ride horses or maybe they play a sport, something like that. Those girls just absolutely crush it. They print money. And some of these girls that literally they like pose on pictures of, uh, they, they pose in pictures on tractors, like in the middle of a (laughs) cornfield and they're making like $300,000 a year, just posting pictures and it's no, no, (laughs) no nudes, no, you know, adult, nothing that pushes the line. They just have like actual supporters that want to help them. And like some of these girls are from towns with, you know, I shit you not like less than 10,000 people. Um, Wow. which is crazy. So like I've, I've been able to be in a position where it's just weird to see like, okay, these are products I've created and they've really changed some people's lives, which is pretty cool as an entrepreneur. That's awesome. That is really cool. Have you ever, so you found above like ad Facebook ads, you know, all these social media platform ads, you found affiliate marketing to be the most beneficial. Yeah, I was going to ask about that too because I know that I don't know if you follow Alex Hermosi. He's really big on the whole affiliate marketing thing, and it's in his it's a big section of his new book. Um, mm-hmm. Do you follow him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how would you describe like get, uh, the process of finding affiliates and setting up your your payment structures to the affiliates? And are there businesses that you would stay away from that for affiliates like using affiliates for sales, or are they pretty much all fair game for getting? Well, I've never really made money running ads. Like I've, I've made, I've single-handedly, like when, when we had our high ticket e-commerce service that we were pushing in like 2020, so 2021, 2022, we were just smashing out of the park with drop shipping. Um, and we were bringing on a lot of investors for that, that were interested in having like a passive e-commerce store that we would manage. So my close friend Manny more so built the infrastructure. And then I was in, in like the spotlight of explaining what the business model was, how it worked and bringing in clientele and single-handedly just through organic content. I probably did at least like 15 to 20 million in like high ticket sales within like a year and a half, just all organic. That's, that's me alone. And then like, there was also clients referring clients, but like, yeah, I mean, organic content is is king if you can master it because you just you just don't have to pay anything, right? Like, and I, and I've never run ads, and it's not to say I 
like I don't have anything against paid ads because at the end of the day, it's all exposure. So if you can get exposure for free through organic content, great. If you can get exposure for free through affiliates or and pay them after they've made a sale, great. If you can do it through paid ads, like, you know, where you're paying this platform to, you know, show your content to your ideal uh, avatar, the, the type of person that, that you want to bring in as a client, that's great. But just for me, I've never had great luck working with agencies, a lot of them overpromise and underdeliver. And I know Alex in his new book, he talks about like, Hey, just have the agency, uh, you pay them and then teach, teach you. And then you become self-sufficient. And it's just like, man, I, I know I can go build a million dollar a month income without paid ads because I have the right business models and I have the right affiliates in my network. So I'm not really, I think once, once a little bit more money is flowing in from the current offer that I have, I'd be more open to running some paid ads, just a small budget to test things out. But like, uh, you know, when we'll, we'll get into it in a little bit, but like, I, I just don't, I don't have the need to run paid ads at all. Yeah. Not, wor- not worth a, the risk type of thing as how, well. How many it's not even the risk, bro. I mean, it's just it like, changes. it's just, I know from it, like a time to energy to money perspective, I know what works for me and I'm going to go work that model. And there's plenty of people out there that, want opportunity and I can easily find them just through organic methods. True. How many affiliates do you usually work with when you're trying to launch a product? I mean, obviously it changes, but are you working with like three top tier people or are you trying to get like a hundred plus people on this to push it out? So when we did the rocket grow software, we had hundreds of affiliates and then out of, you know, look, if you bring on a hundred affiliates, maybe like five to 10 are going to do anything. And the other ones are going to be, you know, not, they're not going to be eagles. (laughs) You're going to have a lot of pigeons and a couple of eagles. So with like with, with the ERC, we can talk about ERC now. So when I launched the ERC company, which is called ERC approve, and we're still processing ERC credits for business owners, employee retention credits, a tax credit that the government, uh, you know, gives to business owners that were impacted during the pandemic. They had like a revenue decline or shutdown of their operations. They can get a substantial amount of money. So in 2022 and 2023, I processed north of a hundred million dollars worth of those ERC credits. And, uh, a, a lot of that business came from my organic content personally, like, nope, let, let me put this in perspective. Out of the 100 million, no one brought more business to the table than myself. Right? So like wow. I lead I lead by example when I bring on affiliates. Um, and there are other people in, in the ERC space that processed, one of my close friends, he processed within his organization over like $2 billion worth the ERC and he never ran a single ad whatsoever. It was just all affiliates. He did. He was in the game a year longer than me, and because he had first movers advantage, he was able to gather a lot more affiliates than me. Because timing is really important. So, you know, I, I jumped in the ERC space, and then through my years of working with uh, entrepreneurs and uh, CPAs and financial advisors and stuff, like I already had some really good people to talk to that could bring businesses. And then, you know, some of these people, some of the affiliates I brought in would bring in like one or two business owners and some of them would bring like five to 10. And some of the, you know, I brought in one of my uh, top affiliates. He's actually, he was actually one of the, the, like the top five financial advisors for one of the biggest companies that you for sure have heard of. And uh, he brought probably like 50 clients maybe 
you know? And like from that one relationship, I paid him. I mean, he's got still like multiple six figures and commissions pending as the IRS sends out this money. But, um, yeah. So like I, uh, the affiliate side of things, depending on the offer, you're either going to want a, a, like you want a lot of affiliates no matter what, because just because of the numbers game, right? So if I bring on a hundred affiliates, I know that like five to 10 are actually going to do something and be Eagles. The rest are going to be pigeons. But then once you find your Eagles, you don't really need that many Eagles depending on the offer. Because for example, like with ERC, you could, you know, just target, like you could teach your Eagles how to target specific business owners that would have a very high likelihood of getting a substantial credit worth millions of dollars. And then on that one transaction that you're processing, you know, you, you could make a hundred, two hundred thousand $200,000. And so it's like pretty easy just to run up those numbers with like a few qualified Eagles that know how to do outreach and recruit, et cetera. So, but then there's other like low ticket products where you're going to need a lot of affiliate power. You need a lot more manpower and, and force to actually make substantial income. Just really kind of depends on the offer. True. And with the ERC, <clears throat> how long, I mean, is there a certain runway with that ERC credit? Like whether it's years or amount of dollars the government's given out, what's the uh, landscape on that? Yeah. So right now it's kind of fucked to be honest. Um, the IRS is they, so they put a moratorium into effect on September 14th. And what that means is they paused the processing of new credits to try and eliminate the fraud that is in the current pipeline. Um, so they have a queue of, let's say it's a million businesses that filed in to get this ERC credit. And out of the million, it's, it's riddled with fraud. So the IRS is highly understaffed and underpowered to be able to like accomplish um, getting this done. Like they're, they're a very small organization in the grand scheme of things. So they've been dealing just like with PPP, you know, they dealt with a lot of fraud there and they eventually shut that down and ERC the same thing. But there are a lot of businesses that are still qualified. In fact, I just had a client this week come through that was a car dealership and, you know, they had revenue decline quarters, which is the safest way to qualify. It's like black and white. Hey, if you had X amount of decline in this quarter and X amount in this quarter, like those quarters qualify. So we still find businesses all the time that deserve this money, but the IRS had to put a pause to try to get some of that fraud under control. In fact, I, I talked to uh, one of my CPAs like two days ago that, that does these calculations for, for my company. And he sent me an article or like an email that was sent out to like CPAs at, at his firm. And it was from the IRS stating that like 20,000 claims were denied for ERC because they were just completely fake businesses. Hmm. Just fake, fake so businesses, like not even just not even real businesses. Like they didn't even have real 941 forms, the payroll, the quarterly payroll reports, like everything was just fake and they were all applying for the money. So, you know, I think the U S government has been handing out a lot of this money that they shouldn't have. And like, they are now trying to like be more strict and posture up and say, we need to stop this. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of clients that I like, I mean, one of my clients, we filed a $13 million credit for him, uh, back in February of 20. 22 or no Feb wow. this year. So 2023. So from February to now, he still hasn't had his credit and his business deserves that $13 million. And it could be, you know, 2024, 2025 until he receives it. So the IRS said that they may like 
they're very ominous and, and vague. So in the moratorium, when they said we're, we're pausing any processing of new submissions, that means that they would now go through the queue of businesses that were already there, this like stockpile of credits that they need to facilitate. Um, and then possibly they'll open it back up in January, maybe to process new credits that people submit. I don't know. Uh, all I do know is that I have a lot of qualified businesses that are just waiting to receive their check at some point, possibly 2024, 2025. I think the IRS is really trying to bleed out some of these bad actors in the space because from a cash flow perspective, if they stop the checks, then these bad ERC mills that are processing businesses that shouldn't be processed will essentially go bankrupt because they can't afford to stay in business because the velocity of money is so slow. How much has the good, do you know how much, how, how much has the government allocated towards this program? So originally they allocated about 80 billion, uh, specific for ERC. And then as of what I've heard lately, it's, they've paid out about 240 billion. So they're, no they're, uh, definitely way over and there's a lot of fraud. <laughs> so that could also be another reason why they're like, Oh fuck, you know, we've paid out way more than we expected on this. We were thinking that we could allocate money from this pocket to this pocket and use it in a different way. Um, but technically, the IRS doesn't have the power. What's interesting, the IRS doesn't have the power to shut down ERC. Only Congress does. So the IRS can pause and say, hey, we have so much fraud going on here that we need to stop and reevaluate and beef up our systems to combat this fraud. But if we're sending in these credits, by law, they have to process them. Because Congress has not changed. Only if and when Congress says, hey, we're done with ERC, that's when the gig's up. So the IRS yeah, is in kind of a weird position as well. That's insane. Yeah, that's really, yeah. That's really wild. Especially, it's especially wild <laughs> that they would put that out there and not, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure they expected some fraud, but <clears throat> to not think of it before, yeah, before it started before, yeah. or to not think of the things they should be looking out for. I mean, for people to get yeah, There's no such thing as like a free mentioned. lunch, right? There's, there's always going to be... Yeah. There's opportunity and then there, there's things that are too good to be true. And so when we were taking on clients in, in like mass volume, uh, we were just very careful. You know, it's like, hey, you had how many quarters that had genuine impact and these quarters had a revenue decline and out of the six quarters that could potentially qualify, we're only really comfortable in helping you qualify for four out of the six. Because if you push the six, yeah, that's you're pushing the edge and like you could get some of that money clawed back and. Um, although I don't really have liability there, you know, in, in my contract still, I, I wouldn't want clients to be in a upside down position. Like it would be very rare that they would ever end up getting like a full clawback. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's just, I'm always going to err on the side of caution when it comes to dealing with three letter agencies. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, for sure. So do you basically, you and other ERC, um, firms, are they, you essentially take, a a fee for processing all of the paperwork and getting it paid out for the organization. Yeah. yeah so okay. how I have it set up is it's just usually dependent on like each deal case by case. Um, yeah. I'd say the vast majority of deals we process between like 15 to 20% based off of whatever we got them. So if we process, you know, a million dollar credit anywhere from 10, 15, 20% is what we would take. Okay. Um, you know, and then the CPAs it's, it's, it's crazy when, you look at the math, right? So it a million dollar credit may cost me as the business owner to pay for the CPA's time 
may cost me 3,500 to four grand when it's all said and done. And if I charge 20% for, to the business owner, or let's just say 15%, because that's, that's realistic. That's what I would usually do on that size credit. That's $150,000 in service fee. And I've processed quite a few of those just by myself, finding the businesses or they find me. And they're, they're happy to do it at 15%. Because we don't charge anything up front. It's like, hey, once you get the money, then you owe us a commission. So, um, you know, from there, it's, it's like that $4,000 cost, hard cost. That's my overhead. <clears throat> and then I just have to wait you know, six months, four months, eight months, 12 months, and I get $150,000 service fee. So like that, that's why when people talk about like investing in crypto and shit, I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent of investing. Like I invested multiple six figures in crypto during this bear market. But like, I think that, yeah, you can get rich from crypto, but like, you're always going to get, you're going to get wealthy building a business. And it's a lot easier to get like stupid rich in crypto when, when you have a lot of money to play with and it's not your rent money. So like, I, you know, I just look at it as an investment standpoint. Hey, if I turned $1 spent with a CPA, so I got the lead for free from organic content or affiliates, and then I take my money and invest into a CPA, a licensed professional creating a calculation, and then that turns into, that $1 that I spend with them turns into anywhere from 10, 15, or 20 plus dollars on the back end. Yeah, that is a huge opportunity. On average, what is like the normal credit that you're usually processing? Like what's on average, like what's the, how big is the size of this credit that you're processing? Um, I know it depends. I mean, it all depends, right? About. So like a business, I would say like on average about like 10 grand an employee is what, what we would probably average. Um, so like if we processed a business that had a hundred employees around like a million bucks, Sometimes more. It just it depends because like a certain amount of wages can qualify <clears throat> can qualify per employee per year. So there's a set, and I'm not a CPA, so I'm not. I don't want to like butcher this, but there's a set amount of wages that can qualify in 2020 per employee, and another set in in 2021. So like I, I believe it's around. So it, they say it's you can get up to twenty six thousand dollars per employee that you have on payroll, but that's based upon like all of the quarters qualifying. Um, and then also like the wages are, are maxed out for those employees. So I would just say for like easy numbers, let's say 10K an employee. So if, in a, you know, the bigger credits I've, I've processed were for, the best companies were staffing companies. Because the way that the tax code is written is like, they have to be, if you have more than, I believe it's more than 100 employees in 2019, full-time employees, then your 2020 and 2021 credit is limited. But if all your employees are part-time, then you can kind of skirt that tax code in a way and you can like really max out the credit if there was a bunch of part-time employees on payroll. So like some of these staffing companies, all their employees are part-time. So you can scoop up all the employee wages. So like this one staffing company in, in California, they had like 1800 employees or something like that. And that's, that's why their credit was $13 million where like another business that had full-time employees of 1800, that, that wouldn't have been the case. We would have only been able to qualify like a portion. So I've, I've qualified a few different staffing companies and every single one of them was like a major, major win because they like fit perfectly within the scope of the tax code. 
Good for them. <laughs> yeah, we know some, we know some yeah. staff. And it's good for them, that, right? It's not yeah, not only good for me, win. like as the guy like yeah. making money on the back end, but these businesses genuinely got fucking wrecked. You know, they got wrecked yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. So it's it's good to put money in their pockets so they can, you know, pay off debts that they may have incurred and other, you know, liabilities and things like that. Yeah, a lot of these businesses probably had to take out like lines of credit, whatever it was to keep that payroll floating if they did keep the payroll floating yeah. throughout that year yep. or two years, whatever it was. Um, so I yeah, mean, and good. I'll show you. So like, um, check this out. So these are like, um, for like some of you guys watching this pod, I mean, you can, you can see the numbers there, right? That's a service fee, $265,000, right? Wow. <laughs> so what platform is that? Uh, it was a little blurry. It was a little bit blurry. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll hold it up one more time so you can see like, there you go. $265,000. I mean, there's multiple service fees there, but that's a $265,000 service fee intake. And, you know, by, by, uh, I, I use attorneys and have escrow accounts and all that good stuff. Just like from a legal standpoint, want to make sure everything's buttoned up and not have to play the, play the collections game. But so uh, yeah, I've, so ERC uh, was a major win. We're still processing the credits and hopefully they pick back up in 2024, 2025. But if they don't, that's okay because I have a new business model that I've been tackling and I think it's going to be way bigger than ERC. What it's, is that? Got your interest. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll give you the story. Basically, <laughs> 10 months ago, I got a DM from a guy on TikTok. And he reached out and he's like, Hey man, I see your content, what you're doing with ERC. We need to chat. We have a product that I think you're going to love. So I jump on a call with him. Guy's name is Tanner Gardner. He's the VP of business development at a company called Innovative Health Insurance Advisors. So they're a health insurance company, a TPA, third party administrator of health insurance products. And he showed me what's called a section 125 program. And it blew my mind. So what it does is it allows business owners, employers to save 700 to $800 per employee that they have on payroll on an annual basis when it comes to their FICA taxes. And it gives their employees a net increase on their paychecks between four to 6%. And the employees now get access to medical benefits like a free RX program, virtual care, a hospital indemnity plan, and the best part is, is it doesn't change or replace or interfere with anything that the business has going on when it comes to like corporate medical benefits. So I could talk to a company that has, let's say 10,000, let's say a thousand employees on payroll, because there's a lot of them out there. A lot of companies with hundred thousand, 10,000 oh, yeah. employees, let's just say around numbers thousand. So my pitch to the business owner is, Hey, if, if I could show you a way where you could save 700 to 800 grand a year on your FICA taxes at no out-of-pocket cost, would you be interested in that? <laughs> Easy W. Yeah, of yeah. course. Easy <laughs> W. So when I saw this, I was like, holy shit, this is just like ERC where we're putting money in business owners' pockets, but it's not as sketchy because there's no risk of audit because it's very clear tax code that allows and like the whole magic behind this, just giving you a breakdown of why slash how this is possible. So within the Affordable Care Act, there is specific tax code. That tax code states that if an employee engages in medical care benefits offered through a Section 125 insurance product, 
that employee is eligible for a $1,000 claim payment. That claim payment offsets the FICA spend for the employer and the employee. So I would relate it to real estate. Like, remember when Trump was running for president in 2017 and everyone was like, yo, show your tax returns or like, or, or when was it? It was, yeah. it was the last time 2020 or, or 2019. Right. Yeah. So everyone oh, was like, yeah. show Old your time. tax returns, show your tax returns. And he's like, Nope, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the reason why he's not going to do it is because it shows on his tax returns that he's not paying that much in taxes. So you, you may be wondering, well, how the fuck does a billionaire not like that big hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, how does he not pay taxes? Because he's got all of his money in real estate and there are specific tax codes within the real estate industry that allow for depreciation. And you can actually make it look like you're, you're losing money. You're making no money, but yet you have all this cash flow coming in from the real estate properties. So, you know, that is leveraging tax code in the real estate industry to reduce your tax exposure. So with FICA taxes, you can reduce the FICA taxes with tax code within the Affordable Care Act and an insurance product. So this was all like new to me because like I told you guys in the beginning of this podcast, I only, um, I worked in restaurants at like 16, 17 years old. And that was the last time that I was W2 income. And then for my companies, I've always had 1099 contractors, affiliates, VAs, they're all contractors. So I've never felt the pain really, at least that I realized of FICA taxes. So employers, they pay 7.65% of their income into FICA and employees pay 7.65% of their income into FICA as well. So that $1,000 claim payment that the employee gets for engaging in medical care benefits, again, it offsets the FICA taxes for them and the employer. It's such a win. And the craziest shit about this, you guys probably won't believe this. When we refer a business to this program, we get paid a residual income per employee that's on the program. So if I talk to a business owner that has 1,000 employees on payroll, uh, let's say, you know, realistically 85 to 95% of them are going to qualify. Cause there are some basic qualifications. Like the employees need to make at least 17 grand a year projected to make that amount. You know, usually again, we see 85, 95% of the payroll qualify. Uh, what, what happens is, is the, the broker or the, ref, the referral partner affiliate, if they refer the business, they're getting paid $5 per employee per month. As long as the business is on the program in perpetuity. So let's say that, you know, you end up bringing businesses to the table with 10,000 employees total. That means you're making 50 G's a month for the next, as long, as long as the business is in business or wants to save on FICA taxes, there's no reason for them to leave. When I saw the stats, when Tanner showed me the stats of encompassing health, which is the section 125 program, I was a jaw dropped because they've had a hundred percent retention with the businesses that have been on since 2020 when they launched this product. So the employee counts are going to fluctuate, you know, with any business, uh, but employers they've had a hundred percent retention with. So like, you know, I just started seeing dollar signs cause I'm like every single one of my ERC clients is the perfect candidate for this offer too. And then I know all these people in the ERC space that run their own ERC firms or were giant affiliates. So what I've done is I've built out a technology platform that allows everyone to join in on this offer as an affiliate and attracts two levels of commissions and it tracks all leads exactly where they're at in the process. So I partnered with Innovative Health, which is the actual company that created this product, and I've become their digital distribution arm. And so in the past, like, I don't know, 35, 40 days, we've brought on a few thousand affiliates. Um, and just within those 
let's say 45 days, we have a couple hundred thousand employees in the pipeline through the employer groups that are now getting onboarded. Wow. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. That's <laughs> that unreal. Is fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> is well, there a the minimum? Goal is, uh, the goal is to put a million employees in by Q2 of, of next year. And like you, when, when you guys see who we have as <clears throat> mascots, like business celebrities that are partnering with us, you're, you're going to be like, what the actual fuck that you guys pulled that off? Because I, I have guys with huge budgets. One of my close buddies, he processed $2 billion in ERC. He's, he's literally made $100 million net. Like he made $100 million net Damn. out of ERC being a promoter. Um, one of my other buddies ran a firm. He made about $40 million. He's got relationships with all these business celebrities. So we, we already have like a done contract with a major name. Um, and I, I won't say who it is on this, this podcast, but like in January or February, that's when that'll go public. And, you know, we're about to launch huge PR articles and all that good stuff. But right now we've just been kind of building in silence in a way, like teasing the offer and getting affiliates in place and getting the first batch of businesses through the pipeline. But again, like within 30, 45 days, the total employee count through the businesses engaged right now that have actually like jumped on calls and said they want to move forward is, is a couple hundred thousand employees. Wow. That is huge. So that's almost like the next big, that's the next big push. All these little pieces have been building up to this almost. It seems 100%. Like. And it's, In it's an all way. like, these are all relationships. A lot of them that I've built over the last anywhere from two to 10 years. All it's like the culmination of, the last two to 10 years of work. It's the last culmination of since I've been fucking, you know, 16 years old as an entrepreneur, like that overnight success. Um, it, it, it is, it's not overnight success whatsoever. It's me working my ass off and making connections. And then finally catching an opportunity that no one knows about. That's so fucking lucrative at the perfect time. And then being able to have the resources to build the tech to become extremely valuable to the company and also other entrepreneurs. Because like, if I, if I just brought this offer to someone else without the technology piece, it's not that valuable. But as soon as I have a technology piece where I say, Hey, look, you can sign up right here. You immediately get an affiliate account. You'll get two website that, uh, websites that you can share one with business owners, one with an affiliate. So you can get a level two override and everything's tracked internal like now you know exactly where your leads at. I essentially just become more of like a, uh, like I'm, I am empowering other people to make money with this opportunity. But even if those people weren't involved, I would still just go single handedly crush this out of the park. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's such a win-win situation. You know, where, like where's the ODRC. downside in this whole thing? Like it, yeah. it sounds like there isn't one. And it sounds like, like it, is that, is this program ever going to be shut off or? Yeah. And the idea is, exactly is, is you know, Affordable within the Affordable Act. Care Act, the tax code exists because right now <clears throat> there's a, a crisis with the healthcare system. So the U.S. government is spending $4.3 trillion a year on the healthcare system, and people are more sick than they've ever been. So most money we've ever spent, people are the most sick they've ever been. We're going in the wrong direction. Congress a.k.a. the U.S. government wants to incentivize employers to get their employees engaged in medical care benefits to prevent diseases from becoming diseases. Because if you get your employees to engage in medical care benefits, you, you give that $1,000 claim payment. Is that a lot compared to how much that person's going to cost the healthcare system once they're in the hospital? 
No, not at all. So if you front load and you try to incentivize people to, um, it, it's just like what, what I was talking about with ERC earlier. Oh, you're paying a CPA two to three thousand dollars or five thousand dollars for a calculation. That's a lot of money. Well, look at how much money's coming in on the back end. It's all financial incentives at the end of the day. The government is a fucking business. You know, that's what like a lot of people don't understand. The government is literally a business. So they're looking at, okay, you know, we give this thousand dollars to these employees because they're engaging in this health insurance product. It's essentially kind of like a tax credit, this claim payment. It reduces their FICA spend. It also reduces the employer's FICA spend. Yeah, we'll take that thousand dollar hit because it's going to save us so much money if they actually engage in these medical benefits. True. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it kind of gets them into the system too which almost benefits yep. them even more down the road. Yep. And it's, I mean, like it's, it's not too good to be true because there's, there's never, a, first off, there's never a situation where the employee can end up uh, negative. Like worst case scenario, the employee is saving 2,400 bucks on their taxes. The best case scenario is they can save a little bit more. The employer is going to save anywhere from 700 to $800 per employee they have on payroll. So it's like, kind of a bet it, it for sure is a more of an aggressively good deal for the employer as it should be. They're the employer, right? Yeah. The employee, mm-hmm. they're not going to have as big of a tax refund at the end of the year because it, it's like that the increase in pay for them, that four to 6% is due to the fact that they're not having to pay as much into the FICA taxes, which is part of that tax refund. And so, you know, if I'm an employee right now, what do I care about? I care about making sure I have enough money to go to the fucking grocery store and buy eggs. I care about getting my, you know, gas in my car. So what's awesome about this program is, yeah, you may not have as big of a tax refund at the end of the year because now you're getting all that money, like that extra four to 6% every paycheck when it matters most, Like you need it now. You don't need it at the end of the year. So, and then also too, again, like worst case scenario, the employee ends up ahead on their taxes. So, there's, there's no advantage for an employer or employee to be off the program. There's only an advantage to be on. And what's amazing about it is the fact that the there is an admin fee, right? So Innovative Health Insurance Advisors, they do take an admin fee, but the admin fee comes out of the savings. So like, let's say that, I, I here's a good example or analogy. I hand you a $100 bill and I say, hey, look, you have to pay me 10 bucks for this 100 Obviously, you're going to pay me 10 bucks because you just netted 90. Of course. So that's exactly what happens. If we help an employer save $10,000 every two weeks when they run payroll, there's going to be an admin fee. Let's say it's 3,000 bucks, you know, every Mm, two weeks. But it's like, of course, they just bill once a month. Correct. Exactly. So it's, they charge a $40 per employee per month flat fee. Um, that's 480, you know, so it's like the gross savings to the employer is around 1100 to $1,300 per employee that they have on payroll. But after that 480 flat admin fee in the year, that's what drops it down to 700 to $800 in net savings per employee for the employer. And then we get paid out that 40, right? So what's, what's crazy about the, the system that I built is it really doesn't change any of their operations. Um, what I mean by that is, so we have our internal system where an affiliate will, you know, an affiliate gets a link, they can send that link to a business owner, a business owner can watch a presentation and book a call. There's a specific Calendly link that's, that's created, uh, that's linked to like the, you know, the funnel, if you will. And that Calendly link, they, the guys at Innovative Health know, okay, that's part of FICA Save, which is Logan's company, right? That's my, my tech platform. 
So it's a very specific Calendly link. Uh, then, you know, the business owner jumps on a call with the guy at, with the guys at Innovative Health, a team member there, they get closed. And eventually when the deal is like the contract is signed and the business wants to move forward, the team at Innovative Health, they just reach out to me and they ask like, Logan, who's involved on this transaction? Who are we paying? And I just say, all right, well, looks like there's two affiliates that are getting paid. One affiliate's getting $5 per month per employee and the other one's getting two because there's a two, you know, two commissions being paid or two levels of yeah. commission. So the only difference for them is instead of paying one person on a deal, they're paying two. The advantage is they get way, 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 way more calls on a daily basis booked because of our network of affiliates. And affiliates are happy because now they have an opportunity to make real, genuine residual income that's tied to the strength of real world businesses. Mm. Question for you. I want to pick your brain for a second because it seems like all this stems from your expertise in affiliate marketing. Mm -hmm. As let's say in our case, a creator, right? The first person I always think of that comes to mind is Tate, right? He, what he's basically did was like a huge affiliate marketing thing to help himself blow up, right? So do you think that from a creator's perspective, to be able to offer something to kind of funnel into like an affiliate thing to help them grow? Do you like think a podcast, like, for example. That's, that's what I'm trying to pick <laughs> your brain about, right? Because like a guy like Tate blew up basically off of, you know, people post these clips, the Hustlers University thing, all through his personality into affiliates. Like, yeah. as like creators nowadays, would you recommend them trying to find some route to be able to do some type of affiliate marketing? I mean, you need to sell something. Like if you're just trying to monetize right. your content, it's kind of gay. <laughs> sorry, mm-hmm. sorry for the language, but yeah. like, <laughs> you, you know, it's, like, it's lame, yeah. bro. Like what the yeah. fuck? You're not you're not selling a product or service. Like you're fucking lazy. If you're just making content, like you have to sell, you have to sell something. And so like, whether it's a digital product, a digital service, a mastermind group, something like, yeah, you can go build your audience. Um, and you know, you do build an audience by not selling, but you also got to sell to pay the bills. And I don't know, like I, I've always sold and I don't, I I haven't had this huge growth on social media. Like I think my YouTube has been around like 14,000, like anywhere from like 10 to 15,000 followers for a long time. Yet I've made millions of dollars and I haven't like grown this huge following. So like, do I, do I really care? Could Mm -hmm. I, could I be a little bit further ahead if I never pitched anything? Yes. But like, I need to pay my bills and I, I take advantage of opportunities that I find really interesting and I'm not making, I'm not making content, uh, like I kind of don't care what people think. I feel like a lot of these content creators out there, they're making content that they don't even really like to try to appease people that they don't know, to try to gain a bunch of like strangers as followers. And that's that's just not that's not me. I I, I don't want to do that. And if I, I have oh, I you know, my buddy Tim that I do like podcast stuff with every once in a while. And when we talk, it's about stuff that we find interesting. I know that there's topics that we could talk about that would get more views and stuff, but I'm like, I don't give a fuck about those topics. And like, that's just brain numbing, mindless stuff that provides no one value. So I would rather go focus on creating content that a hundred people resonate with. And those hundred people that resonate are people that I genuinely want a part of my network rather than like a bunch of fucking scrubs who are like, Oh, Logan Paul didn't pay these people back or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care about that. That's not, that's not interesting to me whatsoever. 
Yeah, and your and your followers that you've resonated with, like they'll actually buy from you too someday, <laughs> once you have a right the right offer. Yeah. If they're actually digging what you're talking about, so it's a more loyal following. Yeah, and like you know, it's funny because I probably have the smallest social media following and least attractive lifestyle out of all of the people that I'm like from a the social media optics perspective than like all the people I'm bringing on. So, you know, one of my close buddies, he's got the Ferrari and he's got a jet and he's got all this stuff. And like, he's one of our affiliates and he's going to make a killing. He'll make millions of dollars with this section 125 program. Another buddy, you know, same way, like a lot of the guys that I brought on, you know, and they're, they have the ability to move traffic online and that's their game. You know what I mean? Their, their game is looking flashy on social media and doing that stuff and all power to them. Me and my brilliance, like my, my lane of genius is like building out tech and infrastructure and like systems and being able to break down complex subjects into like bite-sized materials that other people can understand and then like take action on. For example, if I'm talking about the, when I was first pitched the insurance product, right? The section 125 program, they were talking about FICA taxes and this and this. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this shit is. Like you guys have to talk to me as if I'm 10 years old, you know? And it took like two or three months to finally pry out the information to understand what was going on, to understand, okay, there's the affordable care act. There's tax code in the affordable care act. Business owners, can leverage this tax code to reduce their FICA taxes, tax code, FICA taxes. Why is this happening? Because there's so much pressure on the healthcare system. To eliminate pressure, we need to get employees engaged in medical care benefits. So there's a trade-off. Hey, I give you this because you do this. And it's not too good to be true at all. And here's the tax codes and here's this. And like, but all this stuff was kind of given to me in bits and pieces. And then I took that information and I created really simple to understand presentation. So like the average Joe that knows one or two businesses, they can look at that and go, Oh, this is what this is. This is a no brainer. Let me just put this in front of my friend that owns a business, a restaurant or whatever. And they can easily just go click the button to book a call and now get on. Right. Like real, the, 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 the real mastery is making something seem effortless. You know, like it, it looked like it was when you watch Steph Curry play basketball, it's like, doesn't even look like he's really trying just so, so fluid. Um, and that's kind of, you know, I, I take inspiration with that as like making platforms that just from a SaaS perspective, software and systems, like everything just runs smooth, like butter. And like people have no idea how complex that really is to build on the back end. And from a content perspective, like everything just flows and someone just has like a seamless experience getting onboarded. Um, but that's, that's challenging for me. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, I, I love taking on that challenge, at least in this like season of my life. Yeah. And I took a lot of inspiration from Alex Hermosi with this is like, just do hard shit. Like the harder it is good. It's not supposed to be fucking easy. You know what I mean? Like if you're pulling your brain, your, your hair out, like trying to film this video take over and over and over again to get it right, to, to articulate exactly what you wanted to articulate for this video. I'm picturing all this content, the systems, et cetera, that I'm building, maybe right now it's not a business that generates 10 to 20 million a year, but within the next year it will be, right? So like the intent behind the stuff that I'm building is this is a business that will literally net a million dollars a month within the next year. 
and like that type of energy behind everything that we're doing. Like if a business was already making that type of money, like how would the quality be of all those things being built? If you had those resources, like how can you try to kind of get there maybe without being there? If that makes sense. Like that's, that's what I'm, the energy behind everything that I'm doing is like that with that in mind. And also I'm fucking motivated to give millions of Americans a pay raise and medical benefits. That gets me excited. Like think about how many people are going to every paycheck get a pay increase and they have no idea who I am, but they're like, damn, this program was sick. Thanks to whoever put this in place. Yeah, I think it's a huge motive. And I think, you know, some people also try to take an easy route out when it comes to making money. And I think when you are being intentful about what you're trying to do and you're trying to reach big goals, you're you're moving differently than those people do. And I think yeah. that's, that's definitely more respectable. And I think it's more something that actually builds a sustainable business. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's dope. So when is that coming out? Is it already out or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's Not already yet. out. Um, yeah. You got to get us that link. Cause yeah. I think we have a lot of people. We have in some mind. people we could, we could send yeah, that to <laughs> us, our, our own business included yeah. um, for all of those things. So we'd love to get on that and see what we could do there. Yeah. So it's, it, you can check out FICASave.com. That's our main website. So that's where business owners will go. Um, and then we also have like a, a separate website for like an affiliate application. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a no brainer offer. Like with ERC, it really changed the game because people realized, oh, I I can work with business owners and I can get a piece of this like overall transaction and it's a value add to them. And then like, I'm just, there's nothing being charged up front and there's money being made. Like this is, this is amazing. And then I thought we would never see anything that was similar to ERC ever again. I just thought it was like this crazy unprecedented opportunity that was just like catching lightning in a bottle, which it was to an extent. Um, But then this popped up and I'm like, whoa, this is more potential because there's no possibility of fraud, right? Like going back to what I said earlier with ERC and PPP, there were so many businesses that, that are so many fake businesses that applied so much fraud going on. But with this, like it, it can't happen because it's an insurance product and there's different, um, kind of uh, the systems in place in a, in a very specific onboarding process to prevent an employee. That's not really an employee from being able to like qualify for this. It's just a different level of onboarding to, to verify the legitimacy of the business. And, uh, so, you know, where there's not fraud and not problems and there's a positive impact on the healthcare system. Like why, why would the, why would Congress do away with this? It doesn't make any sense. And then you also look at the other factors, like these massive companies such as Aflac, like they're all leveraging section 125 tax code and the affordable care act. And they do not want any of this shit to change. And these companies are making billions and politicians are bought and paid for. So like, I just don't think that this is going to be, there could be slight changes, slight amendments. uh, But the reality is, is this is something that we, we could build for the next, you know, 10 years, at least. I I think, I think five years on the very, very conservative low side, I'm I'm thinking more in terms of, you know, 10 years. Um, And the most exciting part, I didn't even tell you guys this shit. So guess how, guess how many businesses in the USA right now uh, are leveraging a section 125 insurance product? Guess how many? I'm going to guess less than a hundred thousand. Yeah. Not many. I would guess less than 1%. Yeah. 
Way less. Yeah, it's about like ten to fifteen thousand. No way. <laughs> wow. So it's so very we we've awesome. already got McDonald's, Culver's, TGI Fridays, um, Marriott. You know, a lot a lot of like bigger these some of these Fortune one hundred companies are already utilizing the program now quietly. Like no you wouldn't know that they're using it and like other people don't know, but they are. Um, and then, uh, we've got Costco in the process of being onboarded right now. And like, I mean, it, we've also got the state of West Virginia that's in the process of being onboarded. So a lot of like really large entities, municipalities, federally funded like that, the, the kind of, um, there's so much more availability to, to promote this. There's a lot of, like roadblocks with ERC, for example, you couldn't work with federally funded, uh, entities and, and there's just red tape and, you know, things that prevented me from possibly making millions of more dollars. And also a lot of business owners, they didn't want to mess. They, they felt like if they were taking this money from the IRS, it could be blood money with ERC. Mm. Like they'd have to owe some back. Whereas with this, there's no risk of an audit because there's an action that like, if a business got audited, they, they could get audited, but it's, they're not going to get audited for this. And if there was an audit, they, they never need to worry because there's an A plus rated insurance carrier that's backing the program and they take on all the risk. So like I'm from a perspective of here, here's a guy, right? So me, I'm a guy who just made a killing with ERC. I'm telling you that this is going to be way bigger. I'm going to help a lot of people make way more money and it's residuals for the next, you know, until Congress would change this. But why, why would they, when you understand the yeah, incentives, there's no point. especially because the affordable care act that they've been trying to change stuff on we'll it never forever. Turn that shit. <laughs> Trump was trying to change some never. stuff and he got stiff armed last time he was in an yeah, office. Yeah. So, you know, and I like the theme of my life has just been kind of like my entrepreneurial journey has been identify, like hear about something identify the opportunity, assess, is it worth it? Is it not go after it and see success? And so like with ERC, someone pitched me on like, if I knew people, someone reached out to me to try to recruit me as an affiliate. And I was like, Whoa, what is this? You know? And, and that's what happened also with, with true fans. So like someone reached out to Tim and was talking about OnlyFans, or he saw, he, <laughs> I think he saw a, per, a, a girl from his hometown that had an OnlyFans account. And he's like, what is this? You know, that's my, my business partner, Tim. And I don't think he subscribed to her. I'm just going to put that out there. He didn't subscribe <laughs> to her. But he saw it, and he was like, oh, this is interesting. And then he reached out to me and asked if I had heard of it. And that led into like, well, there's opportunity here. Where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Like, there's, there, there's something here. How much is this company doing? Millions a day. What? Like, we could do that and we could be a little bit different. So instead of necessarily creating a brand new idea and a brand new market, hey, we could look at what's good, what sucks, and just create something that's similar but better in different ways. And the same thing with ERC. Yeah. I looked at a lot of these other ERC companies. I'm like, oh, we'll have better tech, a more boutique, hold hand, like hand, uh, holding your hand experience. And uh, you know, we did that. And then now with the Section 125 program, it's very similar. Like I just, you know, creating, creating really great content, having a very smooth system to get business owners booked in. And then you have a very credible entity on the back end that's handling the actual sales and onboarding process. Like these guys are huge. They have 250 plus employees. They have hundreds of thousands of employees on their different health insurance products. So it's kind of like, yes, they're what I said earlier is like, I don't like when other people are cutting my checks. I don't, 
But at the same time, when there's a licensed regulated, regulated entity that's cutting your check, that's already uber successful. But like now there's this new opportunity. I don't mind that. That's a little bit different. And then also from a contractual standpoint, it's like, Hey motherfucker, if you, if you don't like me for whatever reason, and we decide to stop doing business, you still have to pay me in perpetuity. And I have that shit inked in a contract. Right. So like there is no, you pull the plug on me or plug the, uh, you know, pull the plug on my guys. We're still going to get paid for the work we did. Mm. Good deal. That's a great deal. It sounds like you've over the years, you've become an expert on like finding trends and being able to see if they're valuable. This is the first trend though that that I've ever been a part of like this early, like ERC. I was late to the party. Like there were already some ads on the radio and TV um, you know, it's like, if you go to the party and the girls are already stumbling out the club, like that's, that was the, that was like when I showed up to ERC, I had like a year window to like really like scale up. But with section 125, it's like, I'm at the club and the DJ and he, he's not even there yet. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. one there. I'm looking around yeah. like, is there going to be a party tonight? Like that's how early we are to this. And that gets me excited because it's like, man, I, I have I have the the tech and I have first movers advantage and everyone. It was like the perfect storm because because the IRS kind of like closed doors on the ERC program and they paused it. All the other guys that I knew that were also like running tax firms and stuff like that, they were all like, well, what do we do? And then like I came in at the perfect yeah. time being like, hey, here it is. Here's the next move. And they were like, oh, damn, this is great you have the tech built already. Cool. We can just like turn on our promotional arms and go ham with this. It's fucking genius. Yeah, that's, And I knew, I knew it for like 10 months. The, that's one of the like, coolest I didn't say things anything to anyone for like 10 months. I was waiting, bro. I was just fucking Damn. like, I was like a, like a lion, like, like in, in Africa, like stalking <laughs> its prey. Like I know all of these guys, these big affiliates. And I'm like, I can't reach out and shoot my shot until the time is right. Because like, if I, yeah. if I tell, like I, I started reaching out to some people in, August and was getting a feel for where they were at. And then in September, that's when it was just such perfect timing, man. And like literally every single, uh, big influencer that I've had a conversation with has locked in. There hasn't been one person yet that has said no to what I'm doing. And then also as I can name drop as more people lock in with me and I can say like, Oh, well this guy that processed 2 billion in ERC credits and this guy that runs his own tax firm locked in and this guy, and like now they're all promoting, it's like Firefest, you know, like how it just went fucking yeah. viral. Like, cause everyone else saw everyone else posting and like, let's all go to it because so like, uh, so-and-so if, if this guy that makes a hundred million a year is doing it, like this guy who makes a million feels permission to now join. So that's kind of what I'm yeah. seeing. Like the momentum is so strong just because I recruited from the top down. Dude, that's so exciting. I'm excited to see how this goes too. Like as you're starting to announce more of these individuals that you're partnering up with and everything in January, I'm excited to see uh, who that big person is that you won't say. You'll see, <laughs> you'll know, you'll, you'll, and, and you'll, yeah, I guarantee you'll awesome. be like that. What's like I, and it's still even to me, I'm like, how the hell, but it's, it's not, you know, it's not me. It's, it's, the the combination of everyone that I'm working with, right? And so like yeah. you you can't one of the things that I, I I want people to take away from this this podcast is like you can't be a one man band and see a ton of success. Like you're just not. Uh mm-hmm. with 
things that I've seen the most success in, like for example, with ERC, that was my biggest financial home run yet. I wasn't the one calculating ERC credits. A CPA was. I wasn't the one who built the technology for affiliates. My developers were. I wasn't the one who set up legal contractual agreements and NDAs and things like that. Like I had my business partner, Tim, handle that compliance and work with attorneys. So there's like a multitude of people who played their roles. And then I was more so like marketing the face, dealing with a lot of, you know, clients. And then I also had affiliates that brought in tons of clients. And so, you know, like there's a lot of solo entrepreneurs out there and I encourage people definitely like do your best with what you got. If you don't have any, uh, kind of Eagles in your corner that you can work with, like, yeah, you're, you're probably gonna have to start out by yourself, but, uh, it's very rare that you see a single person make like millions of dollars a year by themselves. Like usually there's going to be yeah. a team of people and it doesn't have to be huge. It, it could just, it, depending on the offer, it could be a small team of like two or three people that are with you. Um, and if the offer is really good, like you could go make millions of dollars with that. And you guys are all just like, you know, focusing in on whatever you're good at in that operation. Um, and again, this is all just from my firsthand firsthand experience in business. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together type of thing. And you said that 100%. right down. That was your quote direct. That was mine. hundred <laughs> percent. I hope someone out there has heard that quote before. You <laughs> get that joke. Hopefully. What do you guys, awesome, what, what is your well, goal think, with your, think, your podcast? Right. So like, are you guys, I'm going to sure. ask you some questions because you've been asking me questions. So sure. this podcast, why, why did you guys want to start this? What's the grand vision of the podcast? Obviously you want to like give insights to users, but what's the bigger vision of the podcast? Yeah. Well, you know, that's a funny story. I think we're trying to figure that out every day. Honestly, this started off as just a hobby. It was just us three, you know, like me and Ray were saying, we've got our own company, Square Waves on the side. Like that's our main business. That's what we've got that's, employees, our that's team. Like we're in the Square Waves office right yeah. now. And okay. you know, just the services that we provide with Square Waves. Um, some of the stuff overlaps really well with what we're doing, with what we're doing with yeah. the podcast as well. Whether it be like video production, whatever, that that kind of thing. I would say like, I mean, Drew's most like the 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 driving force. Drew's a big driving force yeah. of the podcast, I would say, especially on the well, yeah, but is the goal like, thing, okay, so you get users, right? Or you get, you get uh, listeners on the podcast. Yeah. And then how are you monetizing the users? Are you, you back ending, back ending them into like software and technology builds and, and things of that nature? That's why I was picking your brain. Cause we have to figure that out. Yeah. That's why, I was, that's why I was asking. Cause I'm, I'm sitting here. That's why I was so silent all the time. I'm like thinking, I'm like trying to analyze everything you're saying. I'm like how the, like half time yeah. I was thinking, like how the fuck yeah. do we just trying to piece yeah. it all together. Right. I'm thinking, okay, so how can we use square waves and just, Utilize our sales people there to push into this yeah. new platform that's a, that's for their exactly 125. Yeah. <laughs> well, so this interesting podcast. enough, I, I got a buddy who runs a crypto channel and they come out with content on a daily basis about like, uh, you know, XRP and Dogecoin and like all these different cryptos. Yeah. And they just started lacing in content about the Section 125 program and signing up all their users as affiliates. And they, they're just pitching it in a way like, hey, look, it, at, at the end of the video, it pops up and it's like, if you're interested in making some extra money so you can take that money and invest in crypto, here's an opportunity for you to do that. And it's, it, it's a segue, yeah. right? Like 
you follow us here, what, like, if we have good crypto calls, like we're telling you buy Bitcoin or we're buying Bitcoin at $15,000 and then it goes up to like 40,000 and you could have made a ton of money, but like what's holding you back? It's not the quality of the calls. It's like how much money you have, how much uh, disposable income you have. So, you know, a lot of people focus on investing, like they're excited about crypto and stuff. And it's like, they don't have enough cash coming in where they should be focused on making more cash. So they have more money to invest and, you know, really make those multiples and that life changing income. So, um, there's always an angle, right? So like any of your viewers, uh, that are listening or like viewers or just listeners, whatever, um, there's a way to position this offer to them for sure, where it makes sense. And it's not, it's not some like weird fucking pitch. You know what I mean? I hate, I hate when things feel salesy. I I like just genuine conversations. And the reality is, is there's only, there's a lot of different ways to make money, but there's few ways to generate true residual income. What I love about this shit is the fact that it's like you're getting equity in a business. So like, hear me out. So we have a couple fortune 100 companies that we're talking to right now. And if we land these, which I'm confident we will, it's like I'm getting equity in that business because now I'm paid per employee that's on payroll. So like where else would I be earning off that company? If I invested in its stock, unless I was in like the friends and family round, I wouldn't really make much, you know what I mean? Or like I was very early on. So this is a way for me to almost get equity in companies. And what I love about it is it's also reflexive. So like it's reflexive on the upside and downside. So there could be downside, but if, if, I bring on a company that's in growth mode and it has a hundred employees today, but then it has a thousand employees later on down the road and they're on this program. I 10 X my income on that client as their employee base grew as well. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like you're getting equity in a business, you're providing them true value. And then what, what kind of connections can form from that? Think about that. You help some of these companies save millions of dollars a year. Like they're going to invite you out to that next dinner, that next golf course, you know, they're, they're hitting, hitting the, the, you know, 18 and they're like, Hey, Logan, come on through, you know? And it's like, you saved us now you just created like, you created like, so your social credit score went up because you've helped them. And now they're, now you're, you're an asset to their business because you introduced them to this. So I think so much good is going to come from this. It gets me really excited. Um, and I, I, I really have not been this excited about a business. I don't think ever. And, and that you guys can probably hear it in my voice and how I'm talking about it and stuff. Yeah. I just know I can see what's happening right now. And I've been through this before. And I think that there's more juice on this opportunity than anything else we've, we've ever, uh, like pushed ever. Yeah. I've never heard anything me. like this. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. It is yeah. really exciting. That is yeah. really I mean, exciting. And there's yeah. a lot of people that at least even we know that would be able to get into that, but I like, you're right. I mean, it's, yeah. I like your idea of, uh, trying to understand what you're trying to do and then backing people into some form of offer, you know, for sure. And you guys will figure it out. You know, it's like there's, there, there doesn't need to be a set plan and you could get to a point where you're making money off brand deals and stuff like that. But I would rather, I mean, I was just talking to a guy that runs one of the biggest business podcasts and he loves this shit. And we're, we're talking right now, we're working through an agreement and he's like, look, I've refrained from offering anything like this to my audience for the past uh, like 10 years. Cause he's been building his podcast and his brand. And he's like, this is the first time that I've wanted to offer something to my audience, you it's know, and he's BVD. got a huge podcast. He like gets hundreds of thousands like to millions of downloads David, a month. And so, you know, it's, it's just like, there's always, there's ways to do it where you can build a successful biz, media business. That's ultimately what you guys are doing. 
And every once in a while, you'll find a product where it doesn't necessarily fit the mold, but it's like you can just pitch, you can pitch it to fit. Cause like, I just never sleep on I, what I realized with ERC is how many people know one or two business owners. Like there's so many people out there that know one or two business owners. So if you can give those people, the average Joe, an opportunity to make some money by monetizing those connections, you know, just like introducing an opportunity that makes sense to the people in their network. Now you just go farm their networks and you have essentially like an endless cycle of clients. I guarantee like you guys, if you went through your contacts list, anyone that's listening to this, if you go through your contacts list and you start at A and you go to Z and you text those people and you say, Hey, random question, but do you know any business owners that have like 10 employees on payroll? You'd probably have like dozens of people say yes. And then if you said, and if they said no, you could say like, well, do you know anyone that may know those business owners with employees on payroll? And they probably say yes. And you'd say, well, could you do me a favor and introduce me to that person? <laughs> like that's a very simple thing to do, but how many people are actually going to do it? Millionaires will go yeah. do it. You know what I mean? Are people that want to make millions and they're, they're not going to make excuses. They'll go fucking do it and farm their network. Um, but there's a lot of lazy people out there that'll wonder why they're broke, but they never do the activities. They never chop the tree. So for me, I just chop the tree, man. I don't care. I don't I, like, it's not success is not always pretty. It's not sexy. It's, it's a lot yeah. of times it's fucking ugly. And it's like, I'm going to, you know, roll up my sleeves, get in the trenches and send out these messages to people get denied a couple of times for whatever, meet the right person. And then that channel of distribution ends up being millions of dollars worth of, you know, value. Amazing. I like this. I'm yeah. Not. I like this. <laughs> we're having a mandatory business yeah, meeting. We're doing a strategy meeting after this. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk more, you know, and hopefully you guys like, yeah, I'm down. Bro. Like yeah. even if we never did any business at all. Right. And it's like, all that this is, is a podcast. I like supporting people that are breaking the mold. Um, you know, like I talk to people every once in a while from my like hometown and they're like, yo dude, like I've been kind of following, just like you guys are saying, I've been following your journey and stuff. And like, there's so few people that break out, you know, and they, they, they actually go chase their dreams and they don't give a fuck what other people think. I just, I never cared because I really thought like, dude, I'm not going to see most of these people in high school. I thought once high school's up, what happens next? You know, I don't necessarily want to go to college and sit in this box for another four years and watch. And, and, you know, I, I took my own path and I just, I, when I saw opportunities that I felt good about and I saw potential, I took them. I wasn't thinking, what are other people going to think about me? If I take this opportunity, it was, do I think this is good? Do I think that this is going to help me progress in life? And I took actions based off of that. And like, you, I mean, the reality is you're not going to please all the people all the time. And I've had to have sit downs with, you know, my business partner, Tim, uh, when, when we first, and, and this is kind of like where, where the last thing I'll say for, for, you know, just some tips and just guidance for some of the newer entrepreneurs. Like Tim was so caught up in making sure that he never made anyone upset. And I'm like, bro, you, if you're not pissing people off, you're doing something wrong. You cannot please all the people all the time. If you post something that is controversial, that's going to get way more engagement versus being vanilla and no one, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you if you're polarizing, if you're making a product for a specific niche and not catering to the other people, like, 
yeah, you may piss these other people off, but these are your actual buyers. And it doesn't matter what people think of you if you're, if you're living your truth. If you're doing what you think you should be doing and someone's pissed about that, that's their fucking deal. You know what I mean? And so over time, Tim became a lot more, uh, I wouldn't use the word aggressive, but he just became a lot stronger in, a, in like a rock. Like he knew exactly what he wanted and what he was worth. And I watched that transpire and it's cool to see like the people that you kind of like your ride or die, your boys, right? Like all you guys at the table right now, like imagine, you know, when you first meet each other, you're a little bit different as far as personalities go. But over time, like you, you kind of evolve and change and you guys get to see each other's growth. And that's really cool. Right. And a lot of those people from my hometown, it's like, they, they just stayed the fucking same. They're the same people. They never got challenged in life because they never broke the mold. And then I go work with strangers, quote unquote, and then I help develop them. And then now we're, you know, running multi-million dollar businesses together. It, it, I mean, like it, anyone, anyone can do it, but it all starts with that first thing of, I don't care what other people think. And I'm not saying do something crazy. That's like on purpose to piss people off. I'm just saying, if you think that your business is like, if you think you have a good idea and this is something that, that you want to pursue, you might as well pursue it because you're probably going to think about it later on if you didn't do it and you're going to be fucking, it's going to consume your mind. Like what could have been? So everything that I, you know, from investing in crypto to whatever else, like I'm always thinking if I don't do this, am I going to beat myself up because I didn't do it? You know? And, uh, a lot of those, those inner thoughts led to actions and then those actions led to success. And, you know, now we're on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. It's amazing. <laughs> it's inspiring. I love that, dude. Yeah, let's definitely um, let's all keep talking for yeah, sure. Yeah, let's I mean, do like a, yeah, get you, a group yeah, chat we going. Totally get a group chat going on everything. I'd love to keep in touch with everything, and uh, I'm glad we got to do this too because it was good to you know hear more about your journey and what you're working on, and uh, kind of yeah. get fire under our ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are capable. You're 100 capable of building a massive podcast, like speaking some life into you. 100. percent Yeah. There's other people who've done it. They're probably stupid compared to you guys, but it doesn't matter about being smart. It matters about taking action and pushing yeah. forward every day and not listening to people that kind of want to hold you back. You know, like people will always support a version of you that best supports them. And like, that's, that doesn't have to be you. Right. So if you guys think like, dude, we're going to be the biggest business podcasters out there, there could be some people that are close to you that don't want to support that vision. Cause it's going to make them feel inferior, inadequate, upset with their lives, but fuck them. You know, if they're not, if they're not really having your back and wanting the best for you and wanting you to fulfill your vision, cut them out. You know, you don't have time for it. So I believe in you guys 100%. There's no reason why you can't do it. And I'm sure 100% as well that you'll figure out how to monetize. You could have the best view count ever, but if you don't have the money coming in, what's, what's, you know, the point, right? I'm sure that over time you guys will figure out really cool, unique ways to monetize. Fucking love it, dude. You're the man, Logan. I actually <laughs> really, so I much, really, man. really enjoyed this. Yeah. I, I knew I would like talking to you, but I enjoyed it more than I more than I even thought I would. So thank you for everything. Yeah, thank you for yeah, coming. You on. got really it. Appreciate and it. let's stay in contact. Let's get a group chat going. Would love to, you know, continue yeah. this combo. Love Amazing. it. Sure. Thank you so much again. Really appreciate it. Cool, brother. You got it. All Talk right. to you guys. Uh, when we end, Logan. Yeah, when we end, I'll tell you a couple steps of this, and you know, cool. We'll cut it up. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Peace.